Father, thank you that you meet us right where we are, no matter where we are. And we thank you, Father, that you've met us in that place of praise and adoration. You're going to meet us, Lord, in your word. And Father, we're asking for our ears to be open, our eyes to see, our hearts to receive the things you want to speak and do. Lord, we come with expectation to meet you in the breaking of the bread. So Father, meet us now so that we could leave here different from the way we came in as a result of being with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes things in this life can seem impossible. Amen? There's things that we deal with in our life and, and, and it just seems impossible. It just seems that, that it, there's no way it's going to happen. And whatever circumstance that we're dealing with in our life, uh, whatever that impossible thing might be, what happens is it, it allows us to begin to give up hope. We stop hoping because things feel impossible. And, and we, we, we try putting hope or, or filling that need of hope with things within the world to meet that need of hope. And it fails, and it still remains impossible, whatever we might be dealing with. And there are some things right now in our life that we might have that just seem absolutely impossible. Just how is this going to happen? How, how, Lord, can you work in maybe my job and things that are going on? Maybe I've lost my job and I need work. I'm unemployed or fear of losing my job. Or maybe it's in a relationship and things feel impossible. Maybe it's in my finances and, and Lord, it just seems impossible. I'm not going to be able to do it. Maybe you're dealing with a life-controlling problem. Maybe there's an addiction, something going on. And, and it feels impossible that you can't overcome. Or maybe you're dealing with a sickness in your own life or a loved one who's sick, and it just seems impossible. Maybe because we're in the midst of a pandemic and it's been a long haul, it seems impossible. It just feels impossible. I can remember when this began and just trying to plan ahead, and I said, man, you know, in 12 weeks, this should all be done. You know, we should, we should be able to get back to normal soon. And then that passed, then Easter went past, and then the next month went past, and now we're looking ahead, and there's some hopefulness, and there's a vaccine, but then there's fear of taking the vaccine or not taking the vaccine, and we're back to a place of impossible again. It just seems impossible. What am I supposed to do, Lord? But think for a moment, what are some ways maybe in your life where God has done the impossible? See, I think the Lord does the impossible things in our life, and we don't even know it happened. I think there's little things that we, we, we overlook or we don't see that God has done something incredible in our life. And, and, and maybe you can think of right now a moment where you do know God broke in an area of your life and made something possible for you that wasn't possible before. Well, Gabriel comes, an angel sent by God, and he makes this announcement. He comes to inform Mary that God is about to do the impossible in her life. And Gabriel goes to the city of Nazareth and, and he's going to bring this incredible news to Mary, this unbelievable news. And Mary, who we know is just this young, poor virgin girl, now betrothed to Joseph and is about to have her world completely turned upside down. What we know about Mary is she was the age between 12 and 15 years old and that was the average age to be betrothed and begin to start that life. And being betrothed was actually a contract. It's very different than we have now, where two families would come together. They would agree on a dowry that was put in place and that they would begin to build their lives together in that agreement. And the only way to get out of being betrothed would be if a spouse died or through divorce. 
So it was this binding contract that they came together. And this is where Mary's at and what's going on in her life. And, and we know in verse 28 that here where the angel appears to Mary and having come in, and he says to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. That, that, that's the introduction that he comes. And he gives the biggest news ever, news that will change the course of humanity forever as a result of that. I don't know about you, but when an angel Lord appears, I assume it's bad news, not good news. Particularly for me. Spent most of my life running from any angel that wanted to show up and bring me any kind of news. Yet rejoice, this, this highly favored, this Gabriel brings this incredible news. Blessed are you. What an introduction. Not only would she be shocked, but she'd be fearful of that angel. That's a natural reaction. And that introduction that she brings, he brings is profound for Mary's life. The angel Gabriel is saying to her, the Lord's favor is upon you. That, that his grace is upon you. And because of his grace, you are blessed. Because of his grace, because of what he's done. You see, we make the mistake and we believe that somehow it has to do with our grace. But it has everything to do with his grace. We think somehow maybe it's based on our good works or, or something that we did or something that we do. But that's not what grace is. Grace is God's free and unmerited favor. That's what grace is. It's, it's revealed to us in the salvation of sinners. That's where we, we begin to see grace. It, it's his blessing that is bestowed, his blessing that comes upon us. And what grace is, grace is, is, is not getting what, is, is getting what we don't deserve. That's what grace is. That his grace is poured out. His love and mercy is poured out in such a way that because God desires for us to have it. That's what is taking place it's not because of something or anything that we've done. Grace, grace is not a created substance of some kind. What grace is, it begins to be this gift that God bestows. We didn't earn it, we don't deserve it, but God gives it. He pours out his grace. And we don't actually see grace. You can't take grace and pour it in a cup. But what we see is the effects of grace. What we see is what God's done as a result of his grace. And that we have to be reminded it's not what we did, it's what he's done. And that he gives that grace. It's what the Lord has done, is doing, and what he will see to completion in our life. And this is what's occurring in Mary's life. This is what's taking place. This is the announcement the angel gives. And in verses 30 through 33, he makes this announcement, exactly what the Lord is going to do and, and, and what is going to transpire in Mary's life. And, and what's about to unfold as he makes this announcement and of this news, this incredible news of what God's doing. And he reminds you to not be afraid, but to realize the things that God's about to unfold. And everything the angel Gabriel is announcing to Mary seems absolutely impossible. Impossible. The angel who comes to Mary is this poor virgin girl living in a nowhere town of Nazareth, this small little place that she's told you're favored by God. And she's betrothed to Joseph, so how will she conceive? And, and, but not only would she conceive, she's going to conceive of the Son of the Most High. Are you kidding me? Impossible. Oh, by the way, his name will be Jesus, and he will reign, and his kingdom will have no end. Now, what you've got to understand about Mary, 
Mary's just trying to plan her wedding. That's all she was doing. She didn't muster up enough prayer for God to intervene. She was going about her life in preparation for having a family and beginning for the things that God wants to do and build within this future that she had. That, that, but yet in this moment, something changed. She didn't ask for this and she wasn't expecting this. But within a moment, God was going to do these very things. And you can imagine with those things being impossible, what, what would God do? And, and we would question that. She's just trying to go about her daily life, yet this angel comes and, and begins to interrupt the direction in her life. And in verse 34, Mary says to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? I don't, I don't know a man that way. I'm a virgin girl. How can this be? How? And what we have to realize is in the natural this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense in the natural. And he begins to unfold what's going to take place. In other words, that, yes, Mary, this is impossible. But here's how it becomes possible. Here's what's going to happen. Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And he goes on to say, Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, who has conceived a son in her old age, uh, this is now in the sixth month that she'll bestow, that she has been barren, but now that she is with child. That he affirms this impossible. Even her relative Elizabeth, who is older in age, is now going to conceive that, that more is happening. What seems impossible, God's going to do something significantly different than she could have ever expected in her life, that Elizabeth could have ever expected. See, in the natural, none of this makes sense. In the natural, it's impossible. But we serve a God who works beyond the realm of the natural. Our God operates in the supernatural. But we try to put him in the natural. But he operates in the supernatural. You know what the supernatural is? Just as the angel Gabriel came and said that, that the Holy Spirit would come upon you, that's not natural. That's supernatural. And the supernatural is a force beyond scientific measure. What that means is that something occurred and happened, and we can't explain it. And that's how the Holy Spirit works and moves in your life. It becomes, I can't explain how that happened. Exactly. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Mary couldn't explain what was going to begin to happen in her life. It wasn't natural. But something supernatural was beginning, was going to occur. We have to be reminded that we serve a God of the impossible. That's the God we serve. And when the Holy Spirit would come upon her, that power of the Most High would overshadow her, that that's not natural, that's supernatural. And that same power was at work in her relative Elizabeth. And Elizabeth would give birth to John the Baptist. And John the Baptist would be called the prophet of the Most High. But Mary was going to give birth to the Son of the Most High. That all this was going to take place. See, this is what happens. In a moment, we go from the absence of God to the breakthrough of God. It's all within a moment that that takes place. And you can't, I can remember that moment where something shifted in my life that I surrendered, that I welcomed God in my life in a certain way. I remember that moment. But he was breaking through before that. 
And for us, that we have to recognize within a moment, within a moment, God can break through in a way that we didn't expect Him to break through. Within a moment, He can deal with what seems impossible. And that's what's taking place in that moment. In that moment. She couldn't figure it out in the natural, but God had a plan to do the supernatural through Mary's life. Gabriel gives her this reminder, this promise that comes forth. And what does Gabriel say? Uh, maybe a scripture we're familiar with. For with God, what? Nothing will be impossible. We have to know that. We have to believe that. And we have to look at Mary's life and see that. See, Mary responds. Her response is not to... When God sends an angel and begins to reveal this announcement, this work in your life, and God is speaking to you in your life, when that comes... And that occurs, and that moment happens. You don't go, thanks, Gabriel. Let me pray about that one. I'll get back to you. That's not the response. The response isn't, you're crazy. Because that's impossible. There's a different response. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be done to me according to your word. That, that Mary realized in that moment, God, if that's your plan, if that's your will, I welcome the supernatural thing that you might want to do in my life. What if we as a people of God prayed that way? That your will be done, not mine. That, Lord, you come into my life and that your will be done. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, what? Thy will be done. Your will could be done, Father, in my life as long as you don't disrupt my plans. Everything else will be good. Matter of fact, have your will be done in my life as long as you do what I will you to do. That's not God's plan. God's plan is to work in your life supernaturally. But you have to welcome that in. See, I, I don't want to be a part of a church that does natural things. I want to be a part of a church that does supernatural things. Somehow we, we put that in a drawer and put it away like, well, God did that then, but he's not doing that now. Oh, no, he's doing that now. But, but we have to welcome it. And you know what Mary did? Mary's humility was the very thing that brings forth salvation for all of humanity. It was her humility. Her willing to humble herself. Her willing to sacrifice all. Her willing to understand. It was her humility why we can have all eternity with the Father. Because she said yes. Because she was willing to humble herself. The story of Mary should move all of us from where we think we are to what God has called us to do. There should be that shift. And what is the impossible right now that the Lord wants to do in your life? What is that thing right now? And here's a prayer that you could begin to pray is search me, Lord. Search me in those areas and, and ask him, Father, whatever that impossible thing, I would ask that you would break through right now in my life. And you know what I could promise you is he won't disappoint you. If you want to pray a scary prayer, say, Lord, begin to do supernatural work within me and through me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Guess what? He will. And that's what God did. But within a moment, everything changed. Within that second, everything changed. And what was the difference? God poured out his grace. Nothing, nothing earned, nothing deserved. It was a gift. And when he pours out his grace, it comes with the blessedness. And Mary was 
willing to count that cost. She was willing to look, you gotta understand something. That wasn't like, oh, yay, God picked me, woohoo. That was, oh man, how, what am I gonna tell Joseph? What am I gonna tell my parents? Here's what even better yet, what, what you gotta understand is when, when, when you're betrothed, you get to live with your in-laws, isn't that exciting? Some of us are living with our in-laws. Yeah, 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 I know, it's not exciting. <laughs> and what they would do is basically when the families come together, the dowries come together, they would build an extension on that house. When, when scripture says that I'm going, Jesus is going to prepare a place for you in my home, there's many mansions. It's not like, oh, Lord, I'll take my mansion over on a hill by myself. You know, um, I need about 50 acres. It's an extension of the Father's house because we're with the Father. Same thing there. It's an extension from that house. And that how would she tell her parents? What would people think in town? What would transpire? What's, what's going to happen as a result of it? The only way out of being betrothed is either being divorced or, or, or death. And then Joseph might have to divorce me. Then I'll be a single mom. What, what will I do as a result? Maybe the town will come against me. And by law, I deserve stoning because of what I've done to my husband. She counted those costs. She recognized it, but she was willing to say, Lord, your will be done in my life. Whatever that may be. And within a moment, God began to do the impossible. Within a moment, God began to break through things in her life, and then in a way for all of humanity as a result of her humility. How can we allow the Lord in our life that What's some moment right now that you need him to break through? You just need to ask him. You just need to trust him. He's going to meet you that way. Because we don't serve a God of the natural. We serve a God who's supernatural. Gabriel promised, and he said this, For with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Trust God and allow him to do the impossible in your life. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that, Lord, we can hold to that promise. Nothing is impossible without you. For you, nothing is impossible. And maybe you're here in person or you're online and um, you haven't started in that first step of allowing God. The first impossible thing that God wants to do is meet you where you're at. And what does that take from us? It's my willingness to turn to recognize that I've tried to do things in the natural on my own and I can't. And I need him. I need to surrender fully. I need to repent and say, Lord, I need you first and foremost in my life and welcome in. And you know what happens? By grace, through faith, he, he gives this gift of eternal life. What we have to do is ask to allow it to come into our life. So if you're here or you're watching and you haven't asked the Lord in your life that way, I'm asking you to open your heart and pray with me to know him in that way. And you'll begin to see God make possible what was impossible. So if you'd like to pray with me that way and know him in that way, just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on a cross for my sin. I open my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life and make me the person you want me to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray.
Now, if you're in person here or you're watching online and you've prayed that with me, here's the first thing you need to do. you got to let someone know because you're not called to walk this out alone, but we're called to walk it out in unity together. And uh, if you're here in person, stop by a host. Let them know that information. And, and, and if you're online, you can click a button right now. Tell us you've prayed that. And what we're committed to do is help you on this pathway of discipleship that you will find God's purpose and plan for your life. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another's sign of God's peace.